Well, wherever you are, I invite you to open your copy of God's Word to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. We'll be in verses 1 through 12 this morning. Last week, we took some time to begin our retrospective look on Holy Week as we saw Jesus entering into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, entering in as a king, as the Messiah, God's chosen servant. We looked uh, every day uh, throughout the last week at uh, glimpses of the last days of Jesus leading up to his crucifixion. We celebrated together on Good Friday evening, just letting the Word of God wash over us and reminding us of the good news that Jesus died for sins. And now today, on this Resurrection Sunday, we get to celebrate the life-changing, world-altering event of Christ's resurrection. Now, surely, there, there have been several events over the last hundred years, even more, that have completely changed the course of history. Things like World War I and World War II, the Great Depression here in the United States, Uh, seasons of continued war in the Korean conflict and the Vietnam War, even even seeing multiple economic recessions in the 1980s and in the early 2000s, things that changed the way that we saw and lived in the world forever. My generation lived through September 11th, 2001, an an event that changed everything. Uh, I I don't think any of us... uh, who lived before 2001, will ever see air travel the same way. That moment changed everything. And now we find ourselves in another situation, uh, uh, another event in the course of human history that seems to be changing everything with this coronavirus situation. I, I don't imagine that any of us living through what we're living through right now will down the road ever forget what we did. I, I doubt that that life will even go back to Uh, normal the way that we had come to understand it before. We'll certainly need to live under a a new normal uh, going forward. This changes everything. But you know, dear Christian, Christian, as well as I do, that there was one event that really did change everything forever in a way that no other event in human history could change everything. And that moment in history that changed the way that we see and live in the world and changed the way that we relate to God, the the way that we have hope in this life, that event that changed everything was the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Join me in looking at Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. There Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, continues writing his story of the history of Jesus. He says, but on the first day of the week, at early dawn, They went to the tomb, the the women that had followed Jesus, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with him who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead changes 
everything. And it changes everything because of the way that he rose and what we know about how he rose from the dead. We see in Luke chapter 24 that Jesus is the King. He's the Messiah, the chosen servant of God, God in flesh, who is risen first bodily. That is to say, his physical body was raised from the dead. Jesus' resurrection is not a, a merely a spiritual resurrection. It's not merely a metaphorical or allegorical resurrection. It is a real resurrection. His body, which died on the cross, was literally raised to life again, never to die, from the grave on that first resurrection Sunday. This, this is not a, a, a hoax. This is not a, a prank that anyone is pulling. In fact, in Matthew's gospel, at the end of his gospel, you'll find that there were many, even in those days, who were, who were trying to say that Jesus was not really resurrected, but that his body was, was stolen. And that even in Matthew's day, as he's writing that gospel, uh, he's showing that, that that conspiracy theory still did not even hold up to that day because no one had found the body and no one had fessed up to having stolen the body. Jesus is the king who is raised bodily. His physical body raised to life from the grave. Jesus' bodily resurrection changes everything. It changes everything about what we know about the effects of sin on our mortal physical bodies. You know, Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, and, and in keeping with what God said to Adam and Eve when they were still living in the garden, that the wages of sin is death, that if we sin, we will surely die, and that much is true. The wages of sin is death, but as Paul continues in Romans 6, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. How, how is it that we can have the hope of life, uh, even with the reality of sin and the reality of death in the world? It is because Jesus, who died for sins, was bodily raised from the dead, physically raised from the dead. Not a hoax, not a metaphor, not a fake, not just a spiritual resurrection, but a real resurrection. Jesus was raised not only bodily, but he was raised expectedly and, and yet at the same time, surprisingly. He was raised expectedly in this sense that you know, we see those ladies showing up to the tomb of Jesus that first Sunday morning. They're, they're ready to prepare his body for being entombed for a long period of time. They're ready to embalm him uh, for burial as they were not able to do uh, after his death leading into the, the time of Sabbath preparation. And so they go ready to find a, a, a dead body still in the tomb and ready to do the work of embalming him uh, for, for burial for uh, as long as his body would be there. But when they show up, he's not there. And, and so they are surprised by this. They are met not with Jesus, but with the presence of angelic beings who say to them, what are you doing here? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Don't you remember what he said when he was still with you? That he must be handed over into the hands of sinful men, uh, die uh, on the cross for sins, and then have his life uh, raised again on the third day? Uh, that's a bit of a callback to Luke chapter 9, verse 22, when Jesus, right after being confessed as, and being recognized as the Son of God, as the Christ by Peter, that Jesus begins to tell his disciples, look, here's what's going to happen to me. I'm going to have to suffer. I'm going to be betrayed into the hands of, uh, of sinful men. I'm going to have to give my life. I'm going to be put to death uh, for the sins of many, and I will be raised again on the third day. It seems that these women had forgotten Jesus' teaching from Luke chapter 9, that they had spaced it in, in all of the excitement and in all of the action of the days preceding. They did not expect to find Jesus risen from the dead. They were surprised by the fact that his body was absent, and yet they were reminded by the angels 
of Jesus' teaching, uh, of Jesus' prediction of his resurrection from the dead. And when reminded of what Jesus had said, they, they remembered. They remembered his teaching and, and that with hope. And they, they run with joy to find the disciples. They share the news with the disciples, with the, the, the 11 remaining and share with them that Jesus is not in the tomb, that he's been raised. And the disciples, who themselves should have expected Jesus to have been risen from the dead, are themselves surprised. And they think the, the ladies are, are talking crazy talk. They think these ladies are out of their mind. And they, don't, they, they are not initially inclined to believe them. Peter, even in his surprise, perhaps remembering when he had confessed Jesus as the Christ and what Jesus had said to him right after, I'm going to have to suffer, I'll be betrayed, I'll die, I'll be raised again on the third day. Peter then, in surprise, runs to the tomb. In delight there, he stoops in and finds there is nobody there in the tomb at all. Jesus is raised expectedly and and yet surprisingly because Jesus is raised this way because he predicted his death and resurrection, and because he, he fulfills that, that own prediction, that own prophecy about his own death and resurrection, this changes everything about who Jesus is. Because Jesus not only predicted his death and resurrection, but actually did die for sins and was raised, this proves that Jesus was more than, than merely a, a good teacher or a, a nice guy or, or a compelling person to follow. This proves to us that Jesus, because he predicted his death and rose as expected, even though to the surprise of many, that he really is the divine son of God. He is Yahweh, God in flesh, who gave his life for sins and raised his life up from the dead. It proves to us further that Jesus is powerful over the effects of sin and death forever, that he has the power to raise life from the dead. That is good news for us, friends. It is good news for us to know that Jesus is more than just a good teacher, that he's more than just a compelling figure to follow, but that he is Lord, that he is God, and that he has power to raise his life from the dead. Jesus is raised bodily that first Easter Sunday. He's raised expectedly and and yet surprisingly. And finally, we, we see that Jesus was raised certainly. That is for a fact. You know, when Luke begins his gospel, he addresses it to a man named Theophilus, a a Christian who perhaps wanted to know more about the life of Jesus and the faith that he had come to profess in him. And Luke says at the beginning of his gospel to Theophilus that he has undertaken work to study the events of Jesus's life so that he can relate them to Theophilus so that Theophilus can know for certain, so that Theophilus can know for a fact that his faith is not in vain, that, that his, his, what he has come to know about Jesus, his faith is not misplaced. He has not mistrusted a, a false Messiah, but that Jesus is certainly the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, risen from the dead. We find on that first Resurrection Sunday uh, that the tomb of Jesus was certainly empty. There was no body there. We learn there, too, that that Luke is certain even of the research that he has done into the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Because because Luke shows us that that Jesus is certainly raised from the dead, beyond the shadow uh, of a doubt, uh, we have hope that the gospel that he preached uh, is, is also certain, that the salvation that we have by faith in him is also true and unfailing. The Apostle Paul 
who, who was previously an antagonist to Christians, later a convert uh, to Jesus Christ and, and one of the uh, greatest workers for the gospel in all of human history, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, reminding of the, the Corinthians of the gospel that they have come to believe, that Jesus Christ died uh, uh, for sins according to the scriptures, that he was raised again on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by many others even after that. Paul goes on to say that, that if Jesus is not raised from the dead, for certain, if this is all just a hoax or a fairy tale or a, a, a legend or, or myth of sorts, Paul, Paul says that if that's the reality, that Jesus wasn't certainly raised, that this is just a good story to tell other people, he says, and we Christians are above all others the most to be pitied. We are hopeless in all of the world because we have staked everything on Jesus being risen. Paul goes on to say uh, further though, he says, but in fact, Christ has been raised. He has been raised for certain. Would you find it interesting to know that the Bible is not the, the only piece of literature in all the world that refers to Jesus as having been the Christ, as having died for sins and being raised from the dead? There was a, an historian by the name of Josephus who lived in the first century. He was a contemporary of Paul. His life may have overlapped a little bit with Jesus. Now, while Josephus, this Jewish historian, was not a follower of Jesus and did not know Jesus personally, he records in his history of the, of the Jewish people that there was a man named Jesus who was thought to be the Christ, the Messiah, the chosen one of God, who died and who was thought by many to have been raised from the dead. Now, Josephus would have had just as many uh, uh, historical uh, evidences uh, to go to as Luke did or as Paul had to draw upon to try to prove that Jesus was not raised from the dead. And certainly, as a Jewish man who didn't believe that Jesus was the Christ, he would have had plenty of opportunity and, and motive to go find those witnesses who denied the resurrection, and yet he doesn't record any. Dear friends, Luke is showing for us in his gospel that he was raised, that Jesus was raised for certain, beyond the shadow of a doubt, without any question as to the matter. And this fact that Jesus was raised for certain, that he was raised certainly, changes everything. It changes everything. Because the story of Jesus, the gospel of Christ, is not just a fairy tale or a myth or a legend. That means that, that he really is God. And that what he said and what he taught and how he interacted with people, his death and, and resurrection have real meaning, real spiritual meaning for you and for me. Friend, if you've not come to a place in your life where you have trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior, who has certainly risen from the dead, risen bodily, risen over sin and death forever to reign as King of kings and Lord of lords, know this, that his resurrection from the dead changes everything in your life. He, he gives you hope for life even after death because he was raised from the dead. He, he gives you the, the prospect of a right relationship with God, your father and creator because re Jesus is raised from the dead because he is risen even today. And he gives you the opportunity for new and abundant life in him, life with God the Father, life that never ends. Dear Christian, I, I trust that your life has been changed forever because you have come to trust in Jesus Christ. And if you are watching this today, listening to this today, and you need a kind of life change, something that will change your life forever, I'm here to tell you that nothing has the power to do that like faith in Jesus. The greatest enemy in your life or in mine is the sin that we have against God. Our, our 
rebellion against a, a good and holy God and creator who made us to know, love, and worship him. It was for those sins that Jesus gave his life on the cross 2,000 years ago. And it was for our victory over sin that he was raised from the dead, never to die again. Dear friend, Jesus has the power to change everything in your life. He's changed it in mine. I pray, dear Christian, you who are watching this, that he's, he, he's had that kind of change, that kind of effect in your life too. And I, and I pray that even today, as, as we spend time reflecting on God's word and the truth of Christ's resurrection, that you are being motivated, you are being drawn, you, you are being inspired to, to declare the hope that you have in Jesus, to tell someone else, Jesus changes everything. That's the hope of the gospel, dear friend. That's the hope of the good news that Jesus died for sinners and rose again on Easter. This resurrection day, revel in the fact that Christ is risen. He is the King, risen from the dead, ready to rule and reign in your heart and in mine, if only we'll submit to Him in faith, turning from our sin and trusting Him as Lord. You can do that today, and I hope that you will. If you need to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ for the first time today, would you email us at the church? You can get to our email through our website at fbcwa.org. Uh, you can call our church office at 505-899-0665. Whatever you need to do, reach out to us on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram. Uh, find us and let us know about your need to, to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior. We look forward to, to praying with you, to, to, to helping you know how you can have assurance of your salvation and right relationship with God, and to bringing other people alongside you who can help you to grow in maturity and faith in Jesus Christ, the one who changes everything. And with hope in our hearts and, and, and joy for the fact that Christ is risen, let's pray together and thank God for this wonderful blessing of salvation in Jesus. Gracious God in heaven, thank you for Christ, your son, the king who is risen and reigning over all things even now. Thank you for the hope of salvation that we have in his name. Lord Jesus, we praise you today as the king who is risen from the dead, who changes everything. Thank you for changing our lives. We who have come to trust in you and have faith in you. And thank you for giving us hope of new and abundant life and a right relationship with God. Thank you, Jesus, for overcoming and defeating sin and death in, in your sacrificial death on the cross, your substitutionary death in our place for our sins. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us your righteousness as we come to faith in you, that we might be right with God, our Father and Creator. What a joy it is to know you, Jesus, the one who has changed everything. And knowing you, there's no, there's no going back. There is no changing. Uh, there, there is only hope and joy in the future. Purpose in this life now, as we live to glorify you, magnify your name, and share the good news of your resurrection and salvation that comes by faith in you with all that we have opportunity to share it with. God bless your church today as she worships all around the world, remembering the good news that Christ is risen. Jesus, you be king in our hearts today. Help us to live in submission to you. Holy Spirit, guide and guard us each day for holy living, godly living, in obedience to Jesus, our King, in whose name we pray, amen.